Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Yeah, can I have a number three with cheese and uh, a large coffee? Wolfen down your lunch. <laughs> Serving up today's top sports stories with Wolf and Luke. And does it smell good? Presented by Stadium Swim at Circa Resort and Casino, Las Vegas' ultimate sports fan destination. It is noon on a Thursday. It is time for Wolf and Down Your Lunch. Aaron Melonius here as always, Aaron. So the Phoenix Suns are back from the All-Star break tonight as they face the Dallas Mavericks to kick off their last 27 games this season. So what do you think will be the key for the Phoenix Suns as they make their playoff push? Like if the Suns want to get, or if the Suns get with where they want to go, blank must happen. Uh, well, I, this might be the easy answer, but I'm still going to take it. it they got to be better in the fourth quarter. Um, you know, the story we referenced with Kellen yesterday, if you look through it, it has it has some interesting stats that like don't add up in their losses, where like the Suns are still shooting pretty well in their losses, and it's not like their opponents are shooting all that well. But they turn the ball over a lot in those losses. They're getting beat outside the three-point line, and they're getting out-rebounded. And those are three kind of consistent <laughs> factors. And, I, like, maybe you can't completely change who you are as a team with those things, but if you could minimize the damage that those three areas are causing you in yeah. the fourth quarter, I think you become a much more dangerous team. See, for me right now, Luke just covered it for me. I got five things, Mason, on the incident that they, I think, have to do better. Stop turning the ball over. That is number one. Rebound the basket. Rebound that basketball! That's number two. Number three, win the fourth quarter. Number four, get better defensively. And number five, don't smile on the court. (laughs) Don't. (laughs) I I don't want to see it. Or go to Cabo with Luca. Yeah, no, no. No Cabo trips with Luca. I don't want to see... I don't know what you guys are talking about. Cabo. Yes, you do. (laughs) And Luca. More on this as the show unfolds, Mason. We'll see. Just don't smile on the court, man. That's the great thing about competition. You can totally love a guy, hug him, high-five him after you kick his face in, (laughs) metaphorically speaking, or literally, on the field. While you You compete. You can literally high-five somebody? While you compete. Man, don't smile. Compete. Would you go on vacation um, (laughs) with a colleague that you were going to <laughs> go up against in your first game back from the All-Star break? Would you go to Cabo with Bill Bates? No. <laughs> Bill Boy Bates. We would have been out on the beach punching each other in the face at some point in time. Hopefully that's what they were doing. Yeah, no, yeah. I, I would not have done that. And what are you alluding to, by the way? I don't know. There's this like little thing out there in the social world that Okay. After the All-Star game, Devin Booker went to Cabo Okay. with Book Luca. Well, he, what he, what he, do you mean no, he ran into Luca, Luca right? Or did he I don't know. I don't know. I wasn't in Cabo, clearly. Oh, okay. uh, you're missing out. <laughs> clearly, I'm here. So clearly, I'm not well, sure. You were maybe in Hawaii. Because we all know how you love Hawaii. Hawaii with Luca? No, not even that. Maybe um, Book was tr- was trying to butter up Luca so that he would have a less good game tonight. Maybe it's a little gamesmanship. All the way to Cabo for gamesmanship. Yeah. Why yeah. not? No. I can think of a few I reasons. Mean, that's okay, Luka. honestly. Look, I-, I used to be friendly with Lawrence Taylor while we were not trying to, you know, 
Well, I shouldn't say that. It was more one-sided, the destruction he would bring on me. I was going to say trying to destroy each other. Well, there was just one problem with that, Wolf. It wasn't each other. It was you. One of you was trying and the other one was destroying. Right. It'll be a busy off-season for the Arizona Cardinals. Should we start talking about that Amazon van? Yeah. yeah. Oh, no. I've watched oh, that video like 12 goodness. times since you showed it to me. I sent you guys the actual story, yeah. too. Oh, I just kept watching the video you sent. So it was verified. That was real. Have yes. you seen this, Basin Orleans? The Amazon driver who got split in two, his van? His van got split in two. He walked away just fine. But he, he was fine, right? Yeah. His van got split. But there, there's video of the of a train going a through train the back of his going van. going right through. His fa- I mean, literally, like, just missed him. And the dude was like... He gets up and he, like, pulls his wallet out and walks away. <laughs> Unbuckles his seat pouch. Yeah. Just knock it off. It's like, wait, let me get my phone. All right, I guess I'll leave this Have you seen this, my brothers? Here. That's what I'd like to... Can, can, can they add us at the Wolf and Luke show if yeah, we've we'll, actually seen this? We'll send it out to make sure everybody sees it. Okay. Because- all right. That was pretty shocking. It's pretty incredible. It's honestly one of the most incredible things I've ever seen. And it makes me think of it, AI immediately. Like this was doctor. It doesn't look real, but apparently is real. But it doesn't look real. Yeah. Or we're all getting bamboozled. That's true. That's likely. It'll be a busy offseason for the Arizona Cardinals as free agency and the NFL draft are fast approaching. Cards GM Monty Austinfort joined Bigley Murata this morning for Newsmakers Week to discuss. Ultimately, the, the draft has got to be where we build and where this team forms the foundation of what we're going to be moving forward. It's it's the, the place where we get the most swings at it and we we get to pick and choose the players that we want. Your reaction to that? Well, he's so right on, man. It really is. Uh, today's NFL, the pendulum once again has swung back to the middle of the pack, as it always does. And you're building a team in a more traditional kind of way today than you were five years ago. Yeah, I, I mean, I like this. I like it especially for the Cardinals. I don't know that it has to be universal for everybody. I think it depends where you are. Uh, but I think the teams that are up near the top have largely built their teams through the draft. I mean, San Francisco, Kansas City, it's it's not all the draft, but a lot of their big players, they drafted. Um, either way, I like it for the Cardinals specifically, just based on, like you said, where this is all kind of going in the NFL. And also, look, it's no secret, the Cardinals missed on a lot of drafts for a long time, and I think they started to pay for it the last couple of years. They didn't miss on every pick. People act like they, they missed on every pick. They didn't, but they didn't. They didn't build through the draft for a while, and it hurt them. And so I like Monty's approach. Our Sanderson Ford poll question is up now at ArizonaSports.com, and it asks, what is the Coyotes' biggest issue on the ice? Falling behind early, yes. too many penalties and not enough discipline, Connor Ingram's absence, or stagnant offense and not taking advantage of power plays. They lost last night 6-3 to the Toronto Maple Leafs. Austin Matthews had two goals. On pace for 76 now. I will uh, emphatically vote for, for um, uh, moved, for slow starts, falling behind early. If you look at this now 11-game losing streak, they are falling behind in the first five minutes almost every game and in the first 10 minutes pretty much every game. And then they come out and they play great in the second period and it basically gets them to even and then you can tell they're burned out by the third because they had the chase in the second. I would say their goaltending, their goaltending too has not been anywhere close to what they got last year in my opinion. Nowhere near the Bulin wall. 
No. So 34 percent throwback, right? Oh my goodness. 34% said stagnant offense and not taking advantage of power plays. 27% falling behind early. 23% too many penalties and not enough discipline. And then 17% Connor Ingram's absence. Uh, my fifth option would be their schedule also sucks, but that's uh, not on the uh, table. So I'll go with uh, falling behind early. All right. So that was Wolfing Down Your Lunch. Thank you, Aaron. As always, when we come back, how big is tonight's game for the Phoenix Suns in Dallas? Eddie Johnson's going to join us to talk Suns Mavericks next. It's Wolf and Luke on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Suns at the Mavericks. Pre-game at 4.30 this afternoon on Arizona Sports 98.7 and the Arizona Sports app. All right, the sun season starts back up tonight. We had that little uh, pause in the middle of it. I think it came at a good time, well, because of the Bradley Beal injury, but also the Suns had won 19 of the last 26, so maybe maybe not. Uh, Eddie Johnson is joining us right now on the Arizona EJ. Sports Line. EJ is here. Eddie, what's going on, man? Uh, nothing. Just relaxing in Dallas. Don't have I don't have to work tonight, so I'm uh, going to be watching the game as a spectator. All right, that's going to be great. But I got to ask you this, first of all, Eddie, because I know you're a football fan as well. Uh, Your satiety level on the Super Bowl, how'd that go for you? Uh, You say my my what level? (laughs) Your satiety level. (laughs) All right, how how satiated were you watching Super Bowl 58? (laughs) You know what, Wolf, what's funny is, and, you know, I, I enjoy watching like main events actually by myself. Okay. Yes. Or or the or the other half is in the room. Like uh finals, playoff, uh major league baseball, Stanley Cup, it doesn't matter. Yeah. Like I, I am so against like Super Bowl parties. Right. Like you know, because people, they're there basically to drink. And they don't have a ton of interest in the game, you know, past just watching the game and knowing who won. And I like to hear the commentators. I, I just, I like all of that around the game. Yeah. So I was at home, uh, you know, all by my, my, my other half was there. My wife was there. And uh, my daughter was there. And we sat there and we watched the game. That, that's, in to silence. me, that's the perfect way. <laughs> I love it too. I'm with you on that one. Man. Yeah, that's the way you watched it too, right? Uh, Eddie, this uh, this final stretch run, whatever you want to call it, starting up tonight in Dallas. Uh, you know the Suns were playing pretty good basketball going into the break. This, you know, just from your experience of playing, is this really kind of the time when you have to ramp it up and if you try to peak at the right time? Yeah, that's the beautiful part about the, the All Star break. Now, you know, now they get a ton more days off. Uh, but, you know, you, you really, it's not half the season because the Suns only have 27 games left. Uh, but it, it's the, to me, it's the stretch run to the marathon. And and that's what this is, is a marathon. I wish most players would respect it as a marathon and not treat it as a half marathon by only playing in 40, 50-something games and wanting to do that. No, 82 games, man. Like, it separates the men from the boys. And when you see yourself rounding down your 27-game vest, I mean, left, uh, to me, that's a huge challenge. And after those 27, you got to get 16 wins. 
And so if you're the Suns right now, you know, that's how you're thinking. You know, let's finish these 27. Let's put ourselves in a good position. And now the goal is to get 16 wins. So, and that's, that should be the only mentality right now. Yeah, sorry about that, Eddie. So now all of a sudden, here you go. You're coming back from the All-Star break, and you're playing a Dallas Mavericks team that had won six in a row, as a matter of fact, going in to the All-Star break right now. How big is this game to you? Is this just one of 82 once again, or do you put any more import on this game, Eddie? I think every game, Wolf, uh, coming down the stretch is a big game. If you think about it, the Suns were in fifth position, but it's only, what, two and a half games mm-hmm. separating them from being in the play-in. So every game right now is a big game, no matter who you're playing. You know, uh, Boston right now, they got house money, right? Minnesota, house money. Uh, these teams have won pretty much consistently so far. And they can afford a couple of games losing streak. Suns can't. Like, they really have to be focused to take care of business here on this last stretch. And, and they understand it. And, I mean, that's, that's the talk right now and what they need to do. And let's see if they can get it done tonight against a very good Dallas Maverick team that made some adjustments. B.J. Washington, uh, Daniel Gafford, uh, I think are huge pickups for them. And so now they're not just small. They can play big as well, and that's going to be a a difference changer, I think, for a lot of people. And expect Dallas to continue to win. I think they're a very dangerous basketball team. You get the game close, like our our three guys, you get the game close, Kyrie and Luka Doncic, they are a problem, okay? So any game that's got two minutes left in it and you got them two dudes on the floor, you got a major problem. Talking to Eddie Johnson. Eddie, how important is it to have a guy like Royce O'Neal on your team that maybe the stats don't jump out on you if you're just watching, but as a teammate, the guy does a little bit of everything? Yeah, and you need that, right? Uh, Josh Okogie obviously epitomizes that. Now you got, you know, O'Neal that can do it. O'Neal, obviously a better shooter than Josh, uh, but they're, they're better than each other in certain ways, right? Uh, Josh is just a tremendous offensive rebounder. Uh, I think maybe he's a little bit of higher level defender, but not by much. Uh, so it'll be it's great to to know that you can probably put both of them out there uh, if the Suns are trying to, you know, hold on to a lead, and you have them two out there with Devin Bradley and and KD. So it's a lot of different ways that Vogel can go, uh, but O'Neal. To me, it was a huge pickup, without a doubt. So, Eddie, when you look at the final 27 games for the Phoenix Suns right now, where do you think, just a couple of places, you think they need to improve the most? What stands out to you? Well, if I've said this, and I, you know, I continually say it, I know our viewers hate when I continually say it, but, you know, basketball is a simple game. Like, it really is. What makes the game hard is the opponent. But actually, basketball's simple. Like, you know, I can go to the YMCA. I'm sure some dude that probably just came back from lunch, had a couple of drinks, he might be able to outshoot me a time or another. You know? But if I told him, okay, let's play one-on-one, then he's ready to go over there and sit down and puke. <laughs> like, you know, it's just a different animal, right? So the <laughs> opponent makes it tougher. 
And and so the Suns right now, they're their biggest opponent. Because I truly believe if they take more field goal attempts than the than the opponent, they're gonna win. They're gonna shoot a better percentage. Uh they're gonna be more consistent. The problem is and what they have to avoid is turnovers yeah. and offensive rebounds. If they can find a way to improve that in these last 27 games, you'll see the Suns win more than a fair share of their games. Mm -hmm. I just find them hard to beat when they don't turn it over. And, like, at the end of the game, if they've taken 92 field goal attempts to the opponent's 85, I just can't see teams beating them Mm -hmm. if that happens. Eddie, the at least on paper, the stretch here now between today and, and the end of the season, the Suns have the most difficult schedule as a player ramping up for the playoffs. Is that kind of like that? Because I mean, you're gonna get you're gonna get battle tested before the first round rolls around. Yeah, that is desperation time. Nobody wants to be in the play-in, and so you got a lot of teams right now. That you know, you got teams that's not that far away, and so that's what I said. Every game right now, and I talk about the marathon. Like 27. Like every game now is going to be like a playoff atmosphere game. Mm. And that's the beautiful part about parity. And we have parity right now in the NBA. Five years, five different champions. And it doesn't look like it's going to change. It just seems like it's going to be very difficult. Uh, obviously, fortunate you have to be with good health. But look at the West. Like, for instance, okay, Minnesota's played extremely well, Oklahoma City. They've earned the right to be at the top right now, right? And if you look at the playoff situation, their reward could be the Lakers in the first round. (laughs) That's how tough it is. So for me, it's how you're playing now in these 27 games going into the playoffs. And I think that should be the challenge for the Suns, to play the best basketball right now. Eddie, we appreciate the time Buddy, as always, man. Thank, thank you, you, man. Love talking to you, Eddie. All right, guys. And if I did get inebriated, Wolf, if I was watching the game, I'd probably have a little Tito's and soda water, you know. Okay? All right, Eddie. Yeah, you know. <laughs> Eddie. <laughs> okay, buddy. Thank you. Appreciate you. Thanks. Uh, okay. Right. That's Eddie Johnson. My goodness. Us there Please, on Eddie. Sports line. Hey, he watches the Super Bowl like you do. Everybody be quiet. You get over there. There's no party. I love that. The wife can watch. That's it. Nobody else is around. allowed to sit around and watch the game. No Everybody be quiet. Uh, boy, he is spot on with the Western Conference, too. Again, right now, if the Suns, if the playoffs started, they'd be playing Denver in the first round. Like there, And there is no, like, there's no easy. I mean, if, if, you, if you move up a spot, then you'd be still playing Denver. If you drop a spot, you'd be playing the Clippers. Like, there just, there really are no easy paths through the Western Conference this season. Have you subscribed to the Wolf and Luke Show podcast? Subscribe right now on your iPhone or Android. You will never miss any of the show. It's the Wolf and Luke Show podcast brought to you this week by your Valley Chevy dealers. When we come back... NFL free agency is less than a month away. How active do the Cardinals plan on being? You're going to hear what Monty Austinfort said about that next. It's Wolf and Luke on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Hey, 
Edge, Vince Murata. Join us Friday as we wrap up a busy Newsmakers Week 2024. Lots more guests, including a visit with Cardinals owner Michael Bidwell. Starts at 6 here on Arizona Sports. This is a new one. Wolf's outside the door, just not coming in. This is, uh... Oh. Welcome back to the show. <laughs> That's so weird. Who'd you get so caught sorry. talking uh-huh. to? You're not gonna walking around out there. There are people talking to. You're not going to blame it on management again, are you? I'm, it's not management. Okay. Usually, you always it's Jim Sharp. Oh, that's Jim Sharp. Yeah, yeah it's Jim Sharp. Show ended like 12 hours um, ago. I don't believe this. You know, Jim just kind of hangs out and does like I, I don't know 12 podcasts after. I don't know. He has. He does have a series of podcasts. It really is so, like a sitcom out there. If you yeah. walk out there, there's just like characters that are just kind of around. Yeah, I got the morning show, and then all of a sudden, you know, I'm going to do 12 podcasts. Yeah. Well, that way, when he's done with the 12th podcast, it's time for the morning show again. He doesn't even have to go home. Yeah, what? I got to look at the show sheet here. Give me a second. <laughs> oh, okay, hey, look, we got all the time in the world. We have more music we can play while Wolf looks at the show sheet. Uh, I can tell you this. There we go. Show sheet music. <laughs> this kind of feels soft as butter. What's... <laughs> Supposed to be soothing while you look at the show sheet. Okay. All right. We're going to talk a little football. Um, why are they replaying this Cardinals-Niners game on NFL Network right now? Did we ever figure this out? I have no idea why. I'm re-watching a game from week, what is that, five? Week four? Man, week four? I, I have no idea, Luke. I, mean, I can't Michael remember Wilson what I had for touchdown. dinner last okay. night. Give well, me a break. But here. if you could remember something, it would be about this game. Well, it would be. Random. Random as it would be. Monty Austin Fort on Newsmakers Week with Bickley and Murata this morning talked about the process of the offseason. Free agency is actually coming well before the NFL draft. This offseason has been, you know, it's been, it's been refreshing since, you know, last year was such a whirlwind. You know, everything was new. And um, I had really been here for about a month last year, and we were a couple weeks into having JG on board. And so, you know, we were trying to play catch up and we were, you know, trying to implement processes. And so this year, you know, really the timeline of everything that that we've been doing has been in place. So, you know, last week we had a week of our out-of-town scouts we're in, and we had our week of draft meetings. This week, um, this morning, actually, I'm going to go in. We're going to finish up unrestricted free agency meeting with, with the coaches. Next week, we'll be in Indianapolis. So, you know, our processes and timelines are now laid out in the order that they should be it should be laid out in. And so, you know, we have there's a couple there's multiple different times during the year for roster construction and times to improve our roster. And two of the biggest are coming up here in the next couple months first with free agency and second with the draft is there any way that i could be hired in an organization a football organization to ask if i was just the walk around guy (laughs) like that's what i I, i'm the walk around guy (laughs) i I have access to anywhere honestly i think that kind of set sail when you gave kyler covid (laughs) (laughs) i did not give kyler covid I did not, Mel, and now, you know it. Now you can't walk anywhere. I'm just saying, it wouldn't be kind of cool walking around <laughs> and, and just being able to pop in and listen to a professional coach, an NFL coach, grease it up on the board. Do you have any idea how cool that would be? Or just walking around listening to Monty. Hey, Monty, do you mind if I just sit in here as you address these coaches and ask for them, their unrestricted free agents that they like? <laughs> <laughs> this was not planned or designed at all, Mason Ortiz. I'm sure you can tell that. Most things on this show Already. Aren't. But, you know, I mean, I, I would. I'd love to do that. Can you imagine the conversation? What do you think of this, dude? That's not a job. You know who's eligible for that job? 
Yeah. Larry Fitzgerald, that's probably it. Probably fits. Yeah, You're probably right. just fits. I mean, really, you somebody's going to walk around and listen. That's what that's, that's what it. I would they, do. I and, wouldn't even talk. Yeah, you say that now. Unless they bring up special teams. <laughs> or like I'd, I'd be, being in 10 personnel. Yeah. Uh, well, yeah, if, you know, we start greasing it up out there, okay, but. <laughs> start talking to Honestly, um, yeah, I, I would love to do this. I, I, I would tell the coaches. I'd tell Jeff Rogers. I would tell him. The you special said teams you weren't going to talk. No, I'm just saying I, I would have to talk if I told. I'd tell Jeff Rogers <laughs> right now. Really you know what? Honestly, I I will teach your guys how to kill people on the football field. This in less than 17 seconds went from I just walk around and I wouldn't talk to. I will teach <laughs> your guys. <laughs> See, and there's the problem. Is yeah, that what you're saying? That's, I think. Even I'm sure if, Jeff already knows the secrets if, with the eyes. Even of if, course. and you, and even now, you're pretending it would just be special teams. But Aaron's right. Like you would definitely <laughs> have some things to say about ten personnel or okay. how many tight ends are out there. Right. So even stop if stop putting him in shotgun. Yeah. You know. You know. You know what my first question would be. My first question would be to any player that is being interviewed, be it a unrestricted free agent. Um, or a a draft. How prospect. much do you weigh? No. Oh. Have you ever been in a fight? And then how much do you weigh? How, have you ever been in a fight? Have you ever been question. in a fight? And tell me the details of that fight. I would love. I would love to know that. To be fair, you would ask that question no matter what job you were interviewing people for. Like you could be running a startup website company and people would show up and you'd be in Silicon Valley yeah. and you'd be like, hey, have you ever been in a fight? Yeah. That would be your first question. Like, when was your first fight? <laughs> and how did that go for you? As if there and were more than one I fight. I just would like to know, have you ever been in a brawl? That would be a good lead question. I, and if they said no, would that make you think differently of that free agent or depends, prospect? It depends what position he played. I okay, mean, so in what <laughs> what position do you need to be a brawler? If you're in the box and you haven't been in a brawl, <laughs> you do. What are you doing? I'm just saying right now, especially when you're talking about their age. So much yeah. of the time, these guys are 21 years old, 20 years old. Yeah, I, I cannot tell you, based on how many stupid things I did when I was young. How many stupid things? I, th that's not going to be a shock to anybody that is listening out write there. This down. If you're being if you're being fair, just think of yourself and how many stupid things you did when you were young, 18, 19, whatever it might be, right? So yeah, that's when I got in fights and they were stupid. To be so young and ridiculous, it's bad, my young crunk brothers, to be in fights. Um, but on the football field, it's actually not a bad thing. Your, the interview process would be Wolf saying, when was your first fight? And the interviewee being like, why? I haven't. I've never been in a fight. And Wolf would be like, thank you. Yeah, We're going to go in a different right. direction. Um, let's see. You, you, you play on the edge? We'll get back to you. And you've never been in a fight? Ah, please. You'd be like, you're a kicker and you haven't been in a fight? No. I'm sorry. <laughs> right. Our holder has been in a fight. <laughs> When was your first fight, Wolf? Maybe you, if you're going to ask everybody, what, do you remember the first fight you were ever in? I remember yeah. mine. I was in third grade. Yeah, as a matter of fact, I do. Ladies and gentlemen, I was 12 years old. I was 12. Right. And um, I went walking into the bathroom at Eggert Elementary School. Eggert Road Elementary School. And there was a dude in there. His name shall go. His name was Greg. No, his first name that was wasn't Greg. Hard. 
okay? And he said something to me that I did not like, and I was like, okay, I know you're trying to be the fastest kid in the school, but I know I'm the fastest kid in the school. And he didn't like that. He took a swing at me, and it was on. And I went down to the principal's office, went down to the principal's office, and they ultimately called my father in. My father came in, and my father said, Ron, did you start this fight with this kid? And I said, no. And right in front of the principal, he said, we're out of here. Can't argue with that. That's what my dad said. You didn't start this? You look at me and tell me you didn't start I said, no, I didn't start it. He started the fight. And he did. My dad said, our work here is done. Man, Mr. Naslin, the principal, stood up. Mr. Wolfley, you can't. Hey, our work here is done. I got suspended for two days. That, my dad yeah. being a truck driver. Nice. That's my dad Just, looking at Mr. Naslin. to waste talking to you, Mr. Naslin. We called him nasal spray. Oh, that's Mr. what I got you too. Your the first fight. Was 1974. Your first fight was 12. My first fight was eight. Wow. Eight years yeah. old. What are you doing? Sorry. I didn't My have goodness, a Mr. We Naslin. Walking the street? No, mine was over a girl. Anyway, oh, uh, when we come back, did we just get another example of college football just destroying itself right in front of our very eyes? It's Wolf and Luke on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. ASU men's basketball hosts Washington. Pre-game coverage tonight at 6.30 on ESPN 620 and the Arizona Sports app. Do you see what I have over here, Wolf? This, like, tiny Final Four thing that was just left in the studio? Yeah, I got a little basketball over there, and there's something inside it sounds the basketball. Like, yeah, I feel like a caveman over here. Like, I have to know what's inside of it. Okay. I'm gonna, if this may break open, and there's definitely something in here, so it's going to go everywhere okay, during the Live segment. on the air right now, Luke Lipinski. I'm intrigued. Yes. Do you see it? It's like a little, it was just sitting in here. He's it, got, it has Final Four written on it. probably an inch in diameter basketball, little plastic basketball, and he's yeah. trying to find out what's inside but because I don't know what it is. you can hear it rattling. Basically. Yeah, that's, I mean, there's definitely what do you think's there. inside? Everybody take a guess before you open it, Luke. Well, it's got to be some type of candy, I would imagine. Yeah, I mean, but it doesn't say that anywhere on here. It just says Final Four. It was clearly left in here by a previous show. Okay. I'm going to say mints. Does that count as candy? I'm going to say mints. Yeah, I would say so. Well, that's still taking that. It's still, yeah, mints. Okay. It's going to take me a while to open it, though, so let's start this conversation. Boy, and then, are you serious? You need a hand Well, it's got it? like a weird plastic thing like wrapped around it. Smash Just that smash thing. it with a yeah, rock. You know what I mean? Just, yeah, your knuckles. But I don't want them to go everywhere. All right. Uh, Adam Schefter tweeted this out. I'll get you you're fired gonna, up. You Use your teeth or something. Here or well, something. I, I have to get you talking about college I mean, we, football, and then got, I'll have okay, plenty of time. That's great. Okay? Yes, okay. So this is Adam Schefter's tweet from earlier today. said, a trend that has emerged this winter Many college coaches are tired of the transfer portal, <laughs> the NIL money, and the new NCAA world and prefer to work in the NFL. Many college coaches already have left, and many more want to. Okay. Are we honestly saying that is a trend that is happening now? It's been happening for years, as a matter of fact. Ever since the NIL, ladies and gentlemen. You better believe it. This is something you could see coming a mile away. Could you not, based on our needs? Hey, you know what? Let's take a bunch of kids, 17 to 18, 19-year-old kids, and let's tell them they're going to be millionaires as they're going to school in college. 
Let's go ahead and destroy any competitiveness that's inside the locker room because we all know if we're paying you an NIL of a million dollars a year, nobody, and I mean nobody, is taking your job. Nobody's going to compete against you. And oh, by the way, coaches, when you know you've got a guy that might be a little bit of a malcontent, isn't that right, Keith Millard, who might be a malcontent that could use a little hard coaching. So now all of a sudden, we're not going to have that coach coach that kid hard because what if he doesn't like it? What if he's offended by his coach and he's going to hit the transfer portal? Are you kidding me? Coaches can't coach a guy hard at the college level and they can't stand recruiting a kid 24-7 365 even while he's on their team in their program you're constantly recruiting isn't that right kenny dillingham this is a travesty that has happened at the college level and it's time for people that love college football to get together and fix it because it sucks buttermilk it was mint I got it open. It was a mint? Yeah. Well, it's a bunch of mints, and they went everywhere. Boy, how about that for a little bit of a rant right there? (laughs) Can you repeat it? Because I was trying to get the thing open. You still haven't got it open? No, no, I got it open now, but I didn't hear everything you said. Yeah, okay. I couldn't help but hear the Keith Millard. I did hear that The malcontent. Does that mean I I could benefit from heart coaching? (laughs) (laughs) It seemed like a veiled message. Keith Millard was Mel. That was his nickname. And it was the M-A-L prefix, ladies and gentlemen, for being malicious, uh, malcontent. Um, He had all sorts of issues. (laughs) Maladjusted is what we called him, right? And you got to know this about Aaron Maloney and why we're actually doing this two segments in a row. I have no idea, but we're not talking about what we were going to talk yeah, about. We are. But can I, t- are we really? Kind okay. Of, yeah. But what I can say right now is, um, Mal, how, how much do you weigh? I mean, honestly, what do you think? Uh, 150? 150? <laughs> I, I don't know. I mean, what, what is that? Heavy? I'm going to take the under on that. I will, I will take the hard under. I will that, tease I the said, under. Sorry, is that heavy? Like, I'm not even going to. Is that really? No. no. I, I, mean, I mean, I'm like 5'4", right? Okay. And all right. Maybe like a buck 20. Okay. So I, I guess what I'm saying high. is you, you've got Mel and yet she will outwork you. And it doesn't matter what it is that you're doing. She'll do it 10 times better. Or harder than you will. I can vouch for this. Okay, now that yes. was Keith Millard as a player. It's why we called him maladjusted, malcontent, malicious. He was Mal. That was his nickname for Millard. Millard. Because he would say his name like Millard. Yes, it's M-I, but nobody cared that it was M-I. It was Mal. Maladjusted. Malcontent. And he would go out there and bury you. One of the best three techniques in the game at that point in time. I haven't said much this segment, and I and feel like I'm better off not saying anything. Maloney segment. reminds me of I'm Keith Millard. I'm going to stay out of all of this. I'm just going to totally. <laughs> Who just... happens to be 6'5", 290 pounds, yeah, by the way. Yeah, the, yeah, the complete Certainly opposite. not 150. Not, uh, <laughs> neither is she. That is. 
That is so funny. I, I don't know. Here, let me play some Kenny Dillingham audio to save Just you. Just don't from say yourself. that to your daughter. Yeah. I can okay. tell you that much. Um, next, Luke. <laughs> now, help now, me. now I kind of want to let this just hang out here for a while. <laughs> just see no, where this goes. Stop it. Aaron, Seriously, when, when right were you now. in your first fight? That's just, the next question. <laughs> uh, play it, Luke. Uh, Kenny, just play Kenny it. Kenny Dillingham on with uh, Bickley and Murata yesterday talked about the state of college football. Yeah, I think you got to hire people, one, that love coaching. I mean, at the end of the day, I, I joke around, but you know how many people want my job? <laughs> like, you know how many people want my assistant coach's jobs uh-huh. and my analyst jobs and the, and the QB and the GA's jobs? So don't complain about what we do. You're blessed. There's a lot of negative of it, yes. But do you know how many people want to be a college football coach? I literally spent nine years of my life doing anything <laughs> to become a coffee boy. So don't Fantastic. give me don't give me the oh it's hard to be a college coach right now. Yeah, it's hard. Then quit. Yeah, you know it, and, and that's great advice from Kenny Dillingham. I totally agree with everything he's saying. But um, there are a lot of guys who do not want to be college coaches, including Nick Saban. Okay, I'm just telling you right now, there are a lot of guys who don't want to be a college football coach because you are constantly recruiting your kids, let alone anyone else's kids. It, It is you are in a perpetual state of recruiting, period, not coaching, but recruiting. That's the problem. And um. Honestly, right now, it's a, I, I know so many, so many coaches at the NFL level who, who want nothing to do with a college level. They're, they're fleeing the, the college level to go coach in the NFL for all of the reasons we've been talking yeah, th- about. This is why I like Kenny for ASU specifically. Um, and this is another example of it. And, you know, again, they got to start winning more games. But it, I think there's a lot of honesty to what he said. And I try to put myself in that same position. I think college football's got some real problems. And we talked about this earlier. Their their apathy towards it is only going to make it worse. But if I'm Kenny Dillingham, all I've been doing is working to get to this point. I'm going to deal with the reality that's in front of me. Yeah, I can't control right. if the NCAA is going to wake up and realize what they're doing is going to cause real problems five years down the line. Does that sound like Kenny? That's, it, that's why I think he's the perfect fit for this program exactly. right now. Because this program was scorched earth because of the previous regime. And he's going to come in and look around and say, you know what? This, he's not going to sugarcoat it. And I'm guessing he's not sugarcoating it to recruits either. No. But then you see guys like Jaden Rashada is sticking around. He's the face of the program. And I do think once Kenny gets this turned around, it's going to be a more permanent version of turning something around. As much as it can be right. now in college football the way it is. Listen, based on earnings, Kenny is being 100% legit right here. He's talking about how he feels about this, about coaching at the college level right now. Right? Suck it up. That's what he's saying. And that's Kenny. Not everyone feels like Kenny. Well, definitely. Make no mistake about that. Definitely guys that have been coaching for 30 years and had, like, Nick Saban. Let's say Nick Saban had it all figured out, and then they changed it on him. And I don't know if this is why he left, but I'm sure it didn't didn't uh, make him want to stick around. I'm sure he wasn't like, I kind of want to retire, but I do love these NILs and this transfer portal and having to... Yeah. Pandered to everybody all the time. That's enjoyable. Uh, all right. 
When we come back over to basketball, what kind of role will Thaddeus Young have with the Phoenix Suns as they push for the playoffs? We've got a little bit of insight into that. Actually, Thaddeus Young gave it to everybody. We'll play it for you next. It's Wolf and Luke in Arizona Sports, the local sports leader.